Welcome to the Young Money Diet. Our special guest today is Akash Gupta. He's top 30 under 30, TEDx speaker from Edmonton University of Alberta, an engineer from Alberta turned finance guru, and an entrepreneur. Akash, welcome to the forum. I cannot do you justice. So please give our listeners a little bit of background. Hey Raj, thank you so much for that generous intro. Um, so I uh, was born in India. Um, and when I was seven, my family uh, moved to Kuwait because my dad um, is an engineer and he always worked in the oil field. So we went to uh, Kuwait and I was there for five years. And when I was 13, we moved to um, Canada and Alberta because, uh, like, I said, like I said, my dad was in the, in the oil field. So uh, he started working at Suncor and we moved from Calgary to, to Fort McMurray. And that's where I actually grew up in Fort McMurray. I went to high school there, um, met my best friends there. And then um, growing up in Fort McMurray, you're kind of just like drawn towards uh, this huge mega industry around you. Um, and this was pre-2014 when I graduated high school. Just looking at the industry, looking at how much uh, it did for the Canadian economy, and it does for the Canadian economy, um, I was just really inspired by the whole thing. And I was like, hey, you know what? Like the, the chemical engineering route seems like a practical choice. Um, and that's why I went into a chemical engineering undergrad with my with my friends uh, at the U of A, University of Alberta, um, which, which, I mean, um, in hindsight, I may think differently about that decision, but um, I, I love the social experience of, of my undergrad. And then after that, um, I did uh, a couple of internships at Shell, and that's where I met you. I had the privilege of meeting you. Um, I worked um, one internship in the Albion Sands mine, um, one at the Scofford Upgrader. And uh, then I realized uh, that maybe engineering is not for me or specifically process engineering. So I started looking into other things like consulting and, and finance, like the, like the typical engineer. Um, and, and what I realized is that if I wanted to take a risk, um, at the undergrad time was the best time to do it because I had an internship left before I graduate and um, typically employers are more open to um, taking the risk for four months uh, on someone new. So I applied to the RBC Global Markets Program and got, uh, I mean, I, I got pretty lucky and I got in, into the program and um, I was the only engineer in the rotational program for that summer. And uh, I worked in FX sales in Calgary. Um, and the good thing about this program was that it's very centralized. So I was given a couple of challenges, like an investment competition and everything that I had to take a part in, um, compete with pe people from Toronto, from the Toronto office. Uh, in fact, we were flown to Toronto a couple of times for like presentations and interviews and stuff. Um, and I had a returning offer by the end of the summer. And so um, I was very fortunate to um, get into the industry I wanted by, by the end of my undergrad degree. And so I started my career in Toronto um, on the trading floor. Uh, I traded commodities, uh, traded currencies, and then um, I got transferred to Manhattan. Like I was, um, I, I had been vocal about um, working there. Um, and when the opportunity came up, um, RBC was nice enough to, to, spawn, uh, to uh, transfer me. Uh, and I was, I was working in Manhattan for a year and a half. Um, and I just uh, quit my job uh, last week. Awesome. Thank you. That's That was a, a great introduction to Cash. I'm going to yeah. get into some kind of personal icebreaker questions, rapid fire questions. So you mentioned that you moved to Fort McMurray when you were around 12, 13 years old. So give yeah. me a quick 30 second elevator pitch for Fort McMurray. You kind of alluded to it already, but yeah, I would say uh, Fort McMurray, it's a it's a small community. Uh, the, the reason I'm a big uh, uh, optimist on Fort McMurray is because um, 
on a per capita basis, the amount of smart people in that city is incredible because you see all the engineers move to Fort McMurray. Um, their kids um, are going to these high schools where they're taking AP classes. Um, I went to Westwood Community High School and um, it's an incredible school. Like even when you compare it to like some amazing IB schools in Calgary, um, it's it's an amazing, like, like your motto, right? Like stay hungry uh, and, and stay humble. I think Fort McMurray is a definition of that because uh, People in Fort McMurray realize that they're not in Toronto or some on some or or, or some you know maybe a cool appearing city, but um, so so that that that's where the humble aspect comes in. But then they're also hungry. Like I've met some amazing people um, who've had some amazing big dreams there. So um, that's why that that's my pitch for for Fort McMurray. No, I love that. I, it's a good perspective that a lot of people don't hear, and that that's why we thought it was be a great interesting question so very well traveled as well uh if you could have a standing reservation at any restaurant what would it be mm -hmm. and why um a standing reservation um that's a really cool question so um there's actually a couple um in new york that i've been to um i'm thinking actually there's this is a this is a pretty uh, tough question for me because i've um let me think I got to pick that the right one. I mean, okay, I'll tell you, um, there's this one place. It's not exactly like a restaurant restaurant, but um, it offers takeout. It's called Magnolia Bakery. Um, and it's my go-to like food spot in, in New York. So if anyone's ever in New York, um, uh, like go to this, this bakery, it's called Magnolia Bakery. Amazing banana pudding, um, hands down. Okay. And I, yeah. it's, it's funny because I, I kind of figured you were going to mention a restaurant in New York, but one thing, yeah. when I traveled to Toronto and New York, the food there yeah. is so diverse. It's so multicultural, yeah. amazing in yeah. both cities. So to contrast, yeah. because you've lived and worked in both, what's something mm -hmm. better about Toronto versus New York? And then what's something better about New York versus Toronto? Yeah. Um, so the good thing about um, New York, first of all, is that um, it's an amazing uh, condensed like it's it's extremely dense a population of really smart young people, um, so I I would say it's probably the best city to be in in your in your in your twenties because Manhattan if you think about it is a is a pretty small island but then you think about the amount of young people on that island and um, and and the the type of things they're working on uh, so it's honestly a very inspiring uh, place to be at uh, the good thing about Toronto um, I would say is is uh, not only is it is it finance centric, but it's also becoming more and more of a tech hub, uh, which I think is is something that's going for for Canada and for Toronto for even uh, U of A. Um, I think Toronto is becoming a big tech center, um, and I and I hope that continues. Awesome, and um, this is going to be a tough question. I think if you could only choose to have one for the rest of your life, would it be New yeah. York style cheesecake, New York style pizza or New York style bagels and why? Oh, wow. Um, I have to say um, New York style um, bagels uh, because even my, even my boss at RBC, he used to refer to me as the, as the bagel eating quant. Um, that was my go-to breakfast, man. Like, um, sorry. Uh, yeah. So that was my, that was my go-to uh for for the for the for the breakfast like it's 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 a heavy um, breakfast like a bagel man like it's like even though it's like two slices um of bread it seems so but it's probably like four or five slices of bread like condensed into into a bagel uh so it's it's plenty of carbs for the whole day so <laughs> I, I would say that's that's uh, setting yourself up for success 
you're tri- you're you're a carb loading for the New York Marathon, right? Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Awesome. So I wanted to jump into and you, you know, describing your background. It, it's very obvious that you have taken a very unconventional route within your career and within your life. And one of the things you mentioned in your TEDx talk that really inspired me and I reflect on now is be very practical about your actions and very unpractical about your goals. So what does that mean to you? Can you, can you expand on that? Yeah. um, I think, um, first of all, that's an an incredible question. My thinking is that um, sometimes we're just not in in, in a society where we're so used to seeing um, and following others. Um, we're just not used to being true to ourselves. And that's what I mean by being um, being unpractical in, in your goal setting. Because, see, the thing is, like, growing up in Alberta, you see people around you working in engineering, working in the oil sands. And you're like, hey, you know what? That's probably the practical thing to do. Uh, so that I'm going to set this as my goal. But what I've come to realize over time, Raj, is that it it's honestly better to truly ask yourself what you actually want to do. Like, I mean, you're on the web, like, look at, the 50 things out there and actually think about which one attracts you the most and then have your own unique individual mindset um, and and thought to that, to your goal setting. Um, And even if that means, man, like I want to go work at NASA, like I would say that's awesome. Like be unpractical and and, like set that goal. Um, Be fearless, right? Because um, what's the worst case? Um, So I would say be fearless in that goal setting uh, is, has been my motto. And, and this is something I've been, I've been um, learning myself. So, like my goal setting has become more and more uh, fearless, I would say, with time. Um, so for for example, initially, I have to say I took the safest route and I took the most, uh, per se, the practical um, and the conventional route of going into chemical engineering. But then when I was in chemical engineering, I um, um, I was like, okay, I got to take a bigger risk. So I was like, uh, maybe I can do finance. Maybe I can get into capital markets. I know everyone else kind of does the MBA route and then goes into finance. I was like, no. Um, if I want to get to finance, maybe I can, um, I can try getting into it uh, in my undergrad itself. So that was my 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 first fearless goal setting, and and, and luckily that worked out. Um, otherwise, like you know, n- uh, now when I'm when I quit my job last week, I obviously did it because I see more upside uh, for myself um, in in the next thing that I do. So whether that be entrepreneurship, whether that be um, going back for a master's or whatever. Um, I, I'm being fearless in that thought process because like by society's uh, norms, um, it would be, uh, I mean, it's crazy that I quit uh, such a high, well-paying quantitative finance, like Wall Street job um, for nothing uh, right now. But I am confident in myself because I've been kind of fearless in, in, uh, in knowing where I'm headed. Um, and I mean, I'm taking practical actions every day to try to get there. So if that means like, um, you know, what I, what I like to do is I like to take my um, day 30 minutes at a time. So I'll be like, I literally on a, on a, on a piece of paper, I'll write down, okay, right now it's like 9.23 AM here. Um, and for the next 30 minutes, I'm going to focus on X, Y, Z. Then, um, you know, I'll, I'll purely focus on that moment and those 30 minutes, uh, 30 minutes and making that as efficient and productive as possible. So um, it's as simple as that. Like, I mean, um, my mindset is that I, I want to head to a lot more upside um, even than what a, what a New York Wall Street job was offering me. Um, and my practical actions are, hey, I'm taking it 30 minutes at a time. I'm um, and completely giving myself to, to the now. I love that. And I do know yeah. you mentioned before and you're mentioning now about the upside versus the downside. So yeah. 
in the sense that you feel like there is much more upside, not only from a monetary perspective, but from a fulfillment and an interest perspective on yes. progressing through your passions and your goals rather 100%. than following what the practical society is, is looking for. You know, somebody like yourself, well distinguished, working in Manhattan, now leaving their job with no backup is, yeah. is not practical on the surface. Mm-hmm. And, and that's mm-hmm. what inspires us about individuals mm-hmm. like you that are very intentful with what you're doing. You mentioned with the 30 minutes, very mm-hmm. intentful and, and actionable, but also taking something that's totally left, left field, very unconventional. So mm-hmm. going back to when you decided to make that transition into finance, is that mm-hmm. something you knew innately within yourself all along? Or did you have mentors throughout the process? How did you get exposed or know that about yourself? Yeah. Um, so it's 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 funny you ask me that because it almost seems like now is when people are, you know, I, I would say um, trading and investing is becoming so democratized, right? Like what we saw with GameStop, with the, with the Reddit uh, forums and everything. I mean, now everyone knows about stock investing. But um, I was, in fact, always drawn towards it, even in high school, Raj, because uh, just the concept of, again, like we talked about upside, the concept of you making a calculated bet on um, a company or a set of companies and then you being rewarded for it. Um, and hey, like the upside can be unlimited because um, I mean, you look at Tesla stock, for example, I remember us having a conversation um, a few months ago. And, and at that time we were like, hey man, Tesla stock is so overvalued. Um, and, and look at what Tesla has done. You know, it's, it's uh, tripled probably since then. So um, that's something that was always inspiring to me. I was like, okay, if you can take a calculated bet on something and there, there can be a lot of upside. Um, so the equity markets seem like the, the right place to kind of read up on. Um, so I, I did that in high school. I used to um, kind of read up on like PE, PB ratios, very simple stuff, very basic things. Uh, but at least that gave me an intro to kind of stock investing and everything. But I have to say, I was no expert when I, when I applied for that internship at RBC. Um, or, or capital markets, or, or you know, um, to be to be in quantitative finance, I, I didn't have that level of expertise initially, and you know what? Like employers are completely okay with that, because um, we kind of overemphasize the fact that oh, like you need to know everything um, going into something. But but my perspective is that you can figure things out as you go. Like for example, um, I know uh, where I worked, um, the mentality has become more and more so to kind of like hire people like engineers. Um, hire people from like maths and statistics and like computer science, because um, if people can figure that out, uh, the, uh, you know, RBC at least thinks that they can figure out the, the job that they'll be working in. So, it, it, so that's, that's more so the mindset uh, that, uh, okay, if Akash can do chemical engineering and um, it's okay, he doesn't know too much about finance, but I think we're confident that his problem solving capability will be good when he actually comes to the job. Definitely. I, I do feel like university is, is a testing ground on teaching you how to learn. And if you can exactly. make it through, then you've proven you've learned how to learn. And yes. it builds that tenacity. And, um, and then it proves your capability into any field. Like you mentioned NASA, you mentioned finance. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter what you have on paper. It matters about your capability to learn and grow and develop those skills. And one thing you mentioned to me last time we spoke to that I carry with me is to focus on one thing at a time and do it very well, Mm -hmm. Um, whatever that venture is, because you don't know what kind of interest or passion might inspire you, or you might not know what type of opportunity develops from that. So 
speaking of tenacity, you mentioned five, six different places that you've moved and learned, uh, moved around within your family and then now with your own personal decisions. So growing up, what was that dynamic like and how did you personally and your family deal with the chaos of moving and starting over so many different times? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Raj. Um, I have to say, um, the one thing I've realized is like change is the only constant in life, right? And I think you come from a similar mindset in that um, the more you, the more change you expose yourself to, uh, the more your, your, your mind and body has to adapt and the more growth you will see. I know it's going to be super, um, you know, uncomfortable uh, at first, but say, for example, um, say you, you get a finance job uh, and you go start working in Toronto initially it's going to be very uncomfortable. I know that. But then um, with time, you will come out of it so much more of a person. So um, that's always been the mindset. It's always been growth. Um, My family, when we moved from Alberta to Toronto recently, um, it was crazy that, you know, we were quitting such an established lifestyle in in Fort McMurray and in Alberta um, to come to Ontario and Toronto. But our our thinking was that, hey, I I mean, looking at the... um, the future and looking at uh, the tech boom, looking at the way um, the economy is shifting more towards a, a service-based economy, finance, uh, tech. I mean, these are going to be the, the futures of the, 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 the sectors of the future. Uh, we should uh, try and position ourselves to be in a place where uh, we're going to be more exposed to that. We're going to be talking to people who are not only in, um, in the oil and gas field or in the, in the engineering field, but also people who are in consulting, people who are in, in real estate and in, in other fields as well. So um, that was, that's always been the mentality. I mean, um, you know, once, I think it's only about doing it once. And once you see yourself being successful and with one move or with one shift, um, then, then I think the next ones are fairly easy. So you mentioned, and I know your family together made the conscious decision to move to Toronto as a unit. Yes. How was that? I guess, what was the dynamic and how was that conversation? Because it's not, it's atypical to see um, a family unit make that decision to move and all change careers, which I find super interesting. So how was that conversation and what did that look like? Yeah, it was insane, actually, because, um, and you're right. I mean, typically, like, when I got that offer from Toronto at RBC Capital Markets, it was going to be initially just me moving to Toronto, but um I guess, I mean, I come from an Indian family and, and you probably know a little bit about how Indian families operate. It's, it's kind of like one unit. Um, and yeah. I honestly love that about, um, about Indian families. They're, they're in it together uh, till the end. Um, and that's been the mindset from the beginning. They were like, my dad was like, okay, cool. Uh, if Akash is moving to Toronto, we might as well, um, you know, pack our bags here. He quit his job and uh, let's all move to Toronto. Let's, let's make this a bigger move um, and, a, and, a, and a move for the family uh, for the long run. Uh, so it was like that. And I'm, and I'm so glad and fortunate that I had that support in Toronto. Um, yeah, it, it was as simple as that. Just, you know, the, the one unit mentality that, that, uh, that I kind of grew up with. I, I love that. I love that because yeah. it's so unpractical, but it's yes. also, it shows the, the culture within your family and that strong bond. So yeah. one last question about, about that is growing up, um, your sister is another individual that is so inspiring to me. I actually spoke to her, it must've been 2018. And so wow. did you two growing up always have 
a competitive environment with each other or was it more of pushing each other to be better and to grow and to develop because both of you two are just so inspirational to us and what was that like growing up um I, yeah you're you're exactly right that it was very inspirational for me to grow up with a with a sister like that um because the the good thing about being the younger sibling uh, I found was like you get to learn from their mistakes and uh, you get basically the cream of the crop you get to know exactly uh, what worked what didn't um for example like even um like taking courses like in high school like she would she would guide me on um hey you know you can you can drop bio it's it's okay to drop bio um in and i think i dropped bio in like grade 11 uh, because i was like hey i'm not interested in bio at all or any um medical related field or anything like that so i mean she gave me the confidence to actually drop that in high school um so it, it definitely is very inspiring to um have someone like that but at the same time um what you have to balance it with is like not to give that one person um your your whole mental energy rather you have to also have a mind of your own um you have to use that as guidance uh, and then and then know in your mind where you're headed as well and that because that could be completely different from from where your inspiration and inspirational figure is headed because like my sister um yeah, she's been amazing and really inspiring. But if you think about it, we're like really different people. Uh, and as we grow older, I think we're becoming uh, more and more different in our in our mindsets and and, and where we want to go as well. Um, so um, yeah, I mean it's a balance of both. But I mean I have to say it's it's a huge blessing um, to have someone that inspiring uh, in the family. So I uh, I want to switch gears a little bit into yep. personal branding. Uh, but yeah. before we get into that, I want to ask. Um, do you have any noteworthy failures that you're willing to share? Something that, 100%. yeah, go ahead. Hundred percent. Yeah, that's a. Um, I think failures are um, uh, like they're a constant, right? I mean, there's been. Um, I have to say, man, like there's been a couple of tough times, even in the in the recent past. Like moving to Toronto um, wasn't easy initially. Uh, I remember this one time I was trading currencies on the trading floor at RBC Capital Markets, and I think I traded. Um, one trade the wrong way um or maybe i think i think what i did is like i overbought a specific currency um uh, when i was trading and i think that was like a five five to ten thousand dollar loss for for the bank um so like um in that moment uh it, it was like a a rush of you know different emotions going through me but then um because my boss at the time uh, on the trading desk he was like Hey man, like, like he literally screamed at me uh, at the middle of the trading floor in front of everyone in, uh, uh, in the Toronto trading floor, which is, it's the largest trading floor, floor in Canada. Um, so it was a, kind of like an embarrassing situation for me. He was like, smarten up and like, come, come to work smarter tomorrow. Um, and, um, I mean, initially I was like, man, so shocked. I was like, it took me a couple of days to even get over that. But, um, and, and that's part of, you know, moving to a different city people where, where, I mean, it's it's more cutthroat working in finance, working in trading. Um, so that was that was um, I, I don't know if it was exactly a failure, but it was definitely a, a challenging spot for me, um, like a moment. Um, otherwise, like man, like I've always tried um, like entrepreneurial ventures. Um, uh, like for example, you knew about the the cosmetic line that I uh, that I tried that didn't work out uh, due to um, uh, like co-founder breakup. That that was that was one thing. Um, obviously, it's very challenging when you put a couple of years into something and um, because it doesn't work out between you and your co-founder, then, um, you know, things don't, things don't work out. And, and all this work that you put in for the last two years, um, 
is is not going to be fruitful for for uh, for for the coming years. That w- that was one thing. Um, so you know, there's been challenges along the way. Um, I have to say. So what what is your advice for young students who are maybe almost near graduation or just early on in their in their university careers that are considering entrepreneurship? What what have you learned from Celeste Lipstick, for example? Um, yeah. Some of the yeah. some of the good, not so good, and the ugly. Yeah, I would say like um, the thing with entrepreneurship is just just do it. Like that's uh, just like Nike. Nike got it right. Just do it. Like don't think about it. Um, just get into it and figure things out as you go because you will never know completely. Like um, okay, what what to do and what not to do. Um, I mean, obviously, be pragmatic about it, but like, um, but at the same time, just just do it because that's going to teach you the most. Um, also, don't be afraid to take risks. I mean, especially to to the listeners of this podcast because uh, I know we've got a pretty young crowd i was just i would just say like hey what's the what's the worst case scenario what are you going to lose um if you're if you're working a full-time job and then if you want to start a side hustle and it's going to take you know five to ten k of initial capital i mean what's the what's the um risk in that there's literally no risk i mean uh, you can definitely take that kind of a risk um so uh, i mean that's that would be my advice. I would say you're young. Uh, you, you don't have responsibilities as in, you know, um, a family to support, kids to support. Um, if you want to try things, now is the time and just do it. Like, don't even think about it. So speaking of the five to $10,000 initial investment, I, th- I think a lot of young individuals get afraid because they don't think they're going to see that monetary return right away. Mm-hmm. But yeah. clearly, I mean, speaking of some of your, even your failures, but some of your successes, there's so many more intangible benefits um, that you learn across the way you learn about yourself and develop but then you learn how to market yourself Um, so how has some of your entrepreneurship or even just transitioning to finance how have you built Mm -hmm. your personal brand to make yourself competitive um, Mm -hmm. in in all of these ventures yeah Um, that's a very cool uh, question because you're right I think uh, marketing and building a personal brand is for me the hardest I would say the most difficult part of um, starting something because um, you know us being engineers we're always like so focused on actually doing the task itself that we forget about optically um, how does this all seem um, so so man I have to say like that's that's my biggest challenge for sure like marketing and and marketing well and then uh, getting a ROI on those marketing dollars is, is um, incredibly challenging in the world today when there's so many things competing for attention, right? Like Instagram, TikTok, like influencers. It, it's so hard to, um, yeah, like get eyes to where you want it to. Um, so I, I'm totally on board with you in terms of, uh, with you on that, that it's uh, like, how do you go about this this challenge? Um, in, terms of a, in terms of my own personal brand, um, I don't truly think about it too much. I... Um, I so far haven't uh, have had to think about it because I've, I've been working in, in corporate jobs. I know that now that I'll be on my own, I'm, I'm kind of betting on myself now. I'm going to have to invest more in that. But uh, I think like kind of like what Elon Musk says, right? Like if your product is good, um, people are going to come and get your product and it's going to it's going to become popular through network effects. Like with the Tesla, with with um yeah, with Tesla, the overall concept was like, we're not going to spend any dollars on marketing. We're going to spend it on improving the product, making it, making it 10x better. And then people are going to automatically come. So um, that's kind of my focus. Um, even right now, um, even with myself, as I'm betting on myself, it's it's about making myself better and so strong um, uh, on the things I want to work on that 
people will naturally come to me and be like, hey, you know what? Akash is the go-to guy for this. Um, uh, and I would say that's that's the kind of same thing um, for your podcast. I think uh, consistently focusing on content like this, uh, putting out content like this, which I, which I think is very unique, um, you know, getting young people's perspective um, for young people, like it, it's a pretty unique concept. Like if you keep at it um, and if you truly believe that your product is, you know, uh, 5x better than, than the market then um you won't have to worry about branding like people people will come and 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 the best branding will be through word of mouth um so that's kind of been my um that's kind of been my mindset obviously i've you know practically speaking on uh for for my businesses um uh, i've i i've also um used like facebook marketing instagram marketing um you know those are obviously like um the ways to to get eyes these days um and we can obviously go into that as well. No, that's awesome. The, the, the big yeah. takeaway for me is just the confidence to double down on yourself and yeah. uh, make the decisions that might not make the most amount of sense from a bird's eye view, but having the confidence yeah. in yourself and your capabilities to yes. take those risks and move forward in, in whatever ventures, because not only the monetary upside, but there's the upside of your spare time. There's the upside of really delivering a valuable product to the market and that sense of fulfillment that you might not yeah. get at a corporation. 100%. 100%. I mean, um, if you think about it, you may just think right now that, hey, you've not got maybe that many viewers on YouTube, but you do have like 500 downloads on Spotify on your podcast. Um, that may seem like a small number, but hey, to be honest, like uh, 500 people listening to these kind of conversations, even if one person gets inspired and thinks differently um, and becomes, say, the next Elon Musk of the world, I mean, think about the impact you've had, right? So, um, I mean, society will describe uh, success as the person on YouTube that has like millions of views and like millions of subscribers. But hey, like um, if if someone from your audience um, actually goes out and becomes like the next Elon Musk, changes the world for the better, uh, I would say your impact um, is incredible and and probably more than the than the entertainer who was just talking about what xyz you know uh pointless things uh just just purely for entertainment purposes um to millions of people so you you know again like like society may may define success as number of followers on instagram whatever but like no it's it's more about uh the impact you're having and um i, I mean listening to a couple of other episodes on your on your podcast i have to say like those are the kind of conversations that are going to inspire the next generation of not only albertans but youth to to take those bolder steps no, and, and admittedly, bringing you on the forum is a selfish ploy for me to gain that yeah. inspiration and to just genuinely ask you these questions um, yeah. and grow and develop myself. And that was the whole intent with the podcast when Wasif and I started is let's bring yeah. inspirational people so we can grow and develop ourselves and get a different yeah. perspective. Um, 100%. That's unconventional because if you stay in your silo, like you've mentioned, um, yeah. you know, you mentioned with some individuals that take the practical route in university. You don't yeah. see what else is out there. And, you know, for myself or even the one individual listening that might be an engineer working in an oil and gas firm that isn't in love with it, they still have time because mm -hmm. they're in university. They might now see that RBC Capital Markets program and throw yeah. their name in the hat. And, and that's what we're all about is to just inspire individuals and build financial literacy with, with Canadians to, to help them yeah. help them grow and develop and, and you know, clearly becomes extremely successful 
uh, and super yeah. inspired by you. So thank you so much no. um, for your for your time today and answering yeah. and entertaining a lot of our questions. I want to leave the last segment um, just with, and if you're willing to share or not, but just very curious about what's next for you. You're you're in Delhi for the next few months. Uh, mm-hmm. And if you're willing to share kind of what we can see yeah. uh, for, for the future. Yeah. So um, I definitely, uh, you know, the reason I quit my job is because I want to um, kind of expose myself to more upside. Like I've said, uh, the thing is like in a, in a conventional career path in, or in a company, there's all this red tape around what you want to do. Um, so, um, I mean, there's definitely um, the startup route that has kind of always intrigued me. Um, I have to say entrepreneurship, um, uh, especially is something that intrigues me a lot. Um, and the reason I took this decision now is because I feel like um, the the boom that we are seeing um, in tech, uh, the amount of changes we are seeing that are coming about, um, it's, it's insane. Like, I mean, look at the number of IPOs last year. Um, in 2020, we've seen everything from like DoorDash into like Bumble recently IPO. Yeah. I got, people are saying this is just the just the beginning. Um, no, people are saying this is this is a bubble, but I say this is just the beginning because um, the the tech um, the tech world is here to stay and dominate more and more. I mean, there's so many things that, that still have to be um, improved upon. Um, so many ways that AI can be incorporated more and more. Um, so that's that's the future I want to position myself for. Uh, a more tech-based uh, future. So whether that be through entrepreneurship, or whether that be through you know trying my own things, I'm actually uh, even open to uh, taking a couple of coding classes, um, maybe even going to a coding bootcamp um, to improve my coding skills. Um, um, basically, positioning myself for um, for exponential technologies, um, whether that be um, whether that be you know fintech uh, ai um, all these you know all these cool things coming up um, you know want to be at the forefront of things now rather than uh, following so um, yeah i mean nowadays i'm spending a lot of my time like uh, literally like going online and um, you know reading up on things researching um, looking into javascript looking at uh, react native for mobile app development um looking at you know things like that i mean i i did use some machine learning in my job and like you know the, the whole data science thing in my job uh, so that was a good intro to everything um but um yeah i mean and that's another thing right that goes back to our point about like getting out of um getting out of your comfort zone going to a city where um where that would make you feel uncomfortable initially so toronto was that for me toronto and new york was that initially for me because the, the people i started speaking to were not just uh people working at um, you know, the, the, the um, in my industry, it was actually people who were working in tech, like software engineers, data scientists, um, uh, you, you, people working in blockchain, like, yeah, that, that's another field. Like I want to think more about like blockchain, like cryptocurrencies. Um, so, so I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's probably the next step. Um, entrepreneurship, definitely. I mean, I want to try things. The thing is like with entrepreneurship is like, uh, you could start things, but the thing is you truly have to find a product market fit. So I have a couple of concepts in mind that I, I may want to build um, and um, just test out, but like, it's not really, it's not really a business or it's not really a product until you find that product market fit, right? And you actually land on something that people actually want, which I think is a, is an extremely challenging task. So um, ultimately uh, it's just about positioning myself for, for the, for the future we are about to see, because I think, uh, 2020 was exponential growth. Um, I even made a song about that. But then um, 
I think the years ahead, the decades ahead, I mean, that that exponential curve is going to become much, much steeper. Um, it's, it's insane the amount of change that is coming to us. And, and I love even for myself, but for all of the listeners, from what yeah. I'm hearing is you don't have all of the answers. You don't know, but don't, yeah. you are learning as much as you can and you're gaining that inspiration and you don't have the end game or result in mind but that's not what it's about it's about growing Mm -hmm. it's about developing and pushing yourself into uncomfortable situations for catalysts for growth and that's what's so inspirational about your story and i'm so excited to see what the next three to five years look like but the the big takeaway that i have and that i want to leave with the listeners is a cash you don't have it figured out in terms of what's next exactly, but you've got some sort of insight on what your interests and passions are. And you're Mm -hmm. learning something new every single day until you find what that product or what that business or what that job might look like for you. Exactly. Exactly. You, you, you said it way better than, than I did. No, no way. (laughs) Well, (laughs) Hey, Akash, thank you so much for your time and remember to stay hungry. Stay humble.